Hey everyone, welcome to the Jazz Scene, giving you an in-depth look at the music and stories of the musicians performing on our stages here in Columbus. So today we are joined by the artistic director of the Columbus Jazz Orchestra, Byron Stripling, who joins us uh, after having done one Columbus Jazz Orchestra show of the 16-17 season, and we are sort of forging ahead into a a number of really great events to finish out uh, 2016. Uh, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, and I want everybody to know it's election day, and I've already voted three times. Oh wow! Forging some signatures here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so we just started the season in October with New Orleans on Parade, uh, Jameson Ross, Evan Christopher as our guest artists, and of course the Columbus Jazz Orchestra. And so far, uh, the response has been really wonderful. A lot of people say that the the show had the perfect mix of of guest artists, talent, and energy, and the band was on fire. Um, did you feel that on stage? And, and what kind of goes into a show that kind of gets that acclaim or maybe all the shows that we program? Um, because it really felt like there was a great energy with this first one. Well, I think, you know, when you walk into a theater and somebody says you're going to see some music from New Orleans, there's automatically an energy that happens. Uh, one of the reasons we love that theme is because New Orleans, to me, is the sound of, the, of America. It's the sound of Louis Armstrong, as I mentioned, Sidney Bechet, and Jelly Roll Morton. And just that feeling, that energy of those people lifts you up. You put that with the talented musicians of the, of the Columbus Jazz Orchestra. I mean, and I, I hate to single people out, but... Look, when you have like Michael Cox, you have Pete Mills, you got Jim Masters, you got Jim Powell, Dwight Adams, of course you got Bobby Floyd, you got Bob Brightop, Chris Berg. When you put all that together and you shake it up and then you add like New Orleans, you add some blues, you add some of the, you know, we started the concert with almost like this, this funeral dirge and then you have that Bourbon Street Parade. All those things go into to, to making it a special event. So here's the the, the little carrot out dangling in front of everybody's head. That was such a successful uh, concert, and people really enjoyed it, that uh, uh, the carrot is, we're probably going to do something similar again uh, (laughs) next season because you guys liked it so much because we always like to listen to our audience. And so maybe we'll... uh, Maybe we'll get a couple drummers up there, and and uh, you know, there's a guy I, I'll buy. I haven't called anybody, so I won't mention anybody's name. But there's <laughs> a couple on. of New Orleans drummers, man, <laughs> right. that would be really right. cool that could just make that happen. Right, and there's some there's an energy when you have musicians, and of course the entire band being jazz musicians at at the at the forefront. Um, they understand the tradition of jazz in New Orleans, sort of being. Uh, sort of tied together, obviously, um, that when you're able to put a production together that has this New Orleans music, you really feel that um, the origins of the music and that, that the lineage and how it plays into the blues and how it plays into what became the big band model. And and, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't feel, uh, it, it feels like the band is right at home. And, yes. and especially when you have like Evan Christopher, Jameson Ross, these are guys that their careers have taken them to New Orleans. And they talked about during the offstage that when you go to New Orleans, the first thing you realize is that anything you've tried to do with your studies to become a musician and, and learn how to play the music of so-and-so and such-and-such, nobody cares. They want you to be you. And I think that that comes through when you play this music is is this, you sound like you, and whether you're talking about the band or it kind of has this personal feel to yeah, it, to yeah, cover I that agree. music. Uh, I remember when I played with Louis Armstrong's bass player for many years. His name was Arvel Shaw. And uh, my first gig, he pulled me aside and said, don't worry about playing like Louis. And I was like, well, that's weird. And his, his band was called Louis Armstrong Legacy Band. It was just a selling point. He said, when you play, just be you. 
play your thing. Clarinet player, do your thing. And so that's actually what we try to do on this concert. It's like, uh, if it's going to be jazz, it's not going to be like, hey, let's play transcriptions of old things. It's right. like, when it comes time for the solo, just be you. And right. so I hope people felt that. So thanks yeah. for asking. We've had great response for that concert. Yeah, and it, and it was a wonderful show. And, and we kind of turned ahead to this kind of marathon race to the end of the season. And, and the next thing on the calendar is this thing, One Night Only, the JAG uh, annual fundraiser for our organization. Uh, for those of you out there that, that may not know this, Jazz Arts Group uh, not only has the uh, Columbus Jazz Orchestra as its flagship performing our ensemble, but all this educational outreach and sort of connecting um, the essence and magic of the music in a number of different ways and so you'll be a key part of that obviously um, but it has a little twist this year we're doing a theme for the first time which is which is a Cuban theme uh, and we're bringing in this uh, pianist Aldo Lopez Gavilan mm -hmm. who is somebody that you worked with uh, in Cuba last mm -hmm. May so tell us a little bit about Aldo and the event well so we decided to, to make him a part of it because he's such a charismatic young man who's a guy that was born in Cuba with very few resources so you know as we were in Cuba last year, we went to the music school there. All the pianos were in horrible condition. You know, you'd play a key and nothing would come out, or it'd be extremely out of tune, or the strings would be broken. Uh, no really good practice room, so kids would practice outside. But then I have to just sort of flip that, Zach, and tell you that the musicians were amazing. So I did a trumpet master class. And I do this thing usually when I go to master class where I'll have kids match notes with me. I say, play this, I'm gonna play a note, you play it back. Mm. And usually nobody can really do it. It's right. kind of like jive. <laughs> they just nailed it. Right. I mean, it's like, okay, we're gonna do, it's gonna be like that. Yeah. You right. know, so it's like I had to go to my advanced stuff right away. Wow. So I, I don't think it's a matter of what resources you have. This is what I learned in Cuba. It's uh, your resourcefulness. What do you take with what you have? I mean, like those guys didn't have valve oil, so I gave everybody that played for me, I gave them a bottle of valve oil because they didn't have it, but that doesn't stop them from practicing. Right. So even if you don't have a good horn, if you don't have the latest method books, which by the way, I bought those little sticks, what are they called that you stick in a computer? Uh, oh, like jump a USB drive. drive, yeah, yeah. jump drive. Yeah. I, I brought a jump drive and I brought about five or six of them and they had trumpet methods, all the best <laughs> trumpet methods yeah. on there. So, because everybody doesn't necessarily have a computer, but they, if they find one, they can take that and they can print off their yep. own book. Right. So, I, you know, they, they have access to, because Arturo Sandoval had told me, hey, there was one uh, Arben's book in Cuba. Oh, my God. And we all, we all traded it. He goes, and then I, when I got mine, I copied it by hand. Wow. Do you see, like... The Arben's book being, like, a, the, the, the standard trumpet method it's with like etudes and yeah like the bible trumpet. of trumpet playing. yeah wow <laughs> yeah so he said he copied his by hand when they passed it on to him and then he gave it to the next guy so you know that's what you do if you don't have an arbens but you don't complain that you don't have right. one when you get it you like memorize it right. and then you try to copy it down sure so Aldo Lopez Gavalon is a guy that did that. He went to that school. Wow. He was so good that he went and did an audition in England and he was accepted to, I can't remember which school in England, but it was a music school and they gave him a full scholarship and they paid his flight back and forth. And he's like just this charismatic, beautiful guy. And you know, I'll just say, 
I'm, I'm excited for people to, to see him. Uh, we wanted to, everybody to experience the taste of what we did in Cuba. Mm. And so he's going to come and, and you'll be able to hear his music and what he's been able to do with limited resources. It'll inspire you. But I think imbued within him is the, the, the feeling of what Cuba's all about. And I have to say, it's not because it's this country with beautiful, amazing architecture, which is a little bit of that, and it's got rolling hills and all that. No, I think the beauty of Cuba is a people. Oh, yeah. So I would go, and after any interaction with anybody, at the end of that, I got a big hug. Right. It's like, okay, now we're family. Right. Because... Their whole thing is like, well, all we have is each other. Right. I mean, these people are only making $20 a month. Hmm. So if you can't depend upon your friendship, then you're screwed. Yeah. And I can say musically, uh, we're going to have the opportunity to feature one of our youth jazz groups in the first hour of this event uh, held over at uh, Notes and Copious, uh, actually, on the on the top level of the new club over there. And the youth jazz group that we've been rehearsing on Sundays doing this music, it's just sort of blowing their mind, this whole concept of what mu Cuban music has, even when it's Latin jazz. Like uh -huh. you're playing tunes that are more in the jazz world just as much as they are uh, uh, Cuban music, but this rhythmic yeah. magic you know in this sort of rhythmic feel you're seeing these these high school kids trying to play this music and, and sounding really great but but kind of seeing I can't just do what I do on this swing tune yeah. uh, rhythmically in the way I play it and it just opens their eyes so to be able to share that with our students I mm -hmm. think has just as much of an impact I agree um, that they're now trying to play this music and it's really fun I mean it makes you want to move how yeah. can you not kind of physically interact with this music when you're doing it I think some, well, something when you come from that kind of a culture and, and and the sunshine there and, and that feeling there, mm. Cuba, gives you a different kind of music. Right. It, it, uh, for me, the biggest lesson of working, every day I would rehearse with those guys because we gave a concert towards the end. And I was like, you know, let me show these guys a little American jazz. <laughs> <laughs> it actually was the reverse they showed me. Yep. I had trouble playing their music. Right. Oh, and I was yeah. really nervous. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, Aldo gave me his music and we'll play a little bit of that. It's like, okay, we're playing this. Okay, let's go. And he stomped it off. I'm like, ooh, I'm used to a little bit of blues and some right. Charlie Parker and some Dizzy and some Miles. And <laughs> this, they've got their own thing in there and they're playing these weird rhythms behind me. And yeah. I had to stomp my foot a little bit. Yep. So I, I just, I'm excited. Everybody will get to experience that. And I just want to let you know that then everybody will get a chance to bid on a trip to go to Cuba. Really? With us, yeah. So they'll, they'll, they'll get to bid on that, and then they'll also get to bid uh, on a trip to go to Vail, Colorado. So, so what's in Vail, Colorado? Uh, the Vail Jazz Festival, and so uh, the people in attendance uh, that we just hooked this up uh, is uh, John Clayton, Jeff Hamilton, Jeff Clayton, uh, you know, the Jeff Hamilton Trio, uh, usually Russell Malone is there. Just a lot of the people you've seen here, Wycliffe will be there. Mm. I usually give a big lecture there one one time during the thing, uh, but it's a multimedia lecture with musicians. Right. Last year I did the blues, and I had Bobby Floyd with me, and he might be back this year. I don't know. Lewis Nash played for me, and and uh, I think John Clayton. So people have a chance to. to so to, I'll just say that it's your your chance to really help jazz arts group in a, in an amazing way. And if you want to support us in the most amazing way possible come to one night only yeah and, and these opportunities cuba and Vale, and it just kind of shows how much this music extends in all mm -hmm. directions you yeah. know and that jag is is a, a centerpiece in some of that activity it is, yes 
Um, and it's just fun to yeah. do all this stuff and to get to travel and see how the jazz world is so uh, tightly connected. So that's a really great thing. Um, and so after One Night Only, which is just next Friday, we go right into another uh, Columbus Jazz Orchestra concert with Home for the Holidays. And I looked it up and it seems like we've been doing holiday shows for like 14 years, 15 Are you serious? years. Yeah. It's, it, uh, some with different themes, but but really it seems as if uh, Home for the Holidays has become sort of one of the Columbus holiday traditions. You know, you have the Nutcracker and everybody goes to that and you have the state auto tree lighting and you have this state house tree lighting. Um, and Home for the Holidays seems like it's right up there. Tell us a little bit about maybe that as a theme. Um, is that something as an artistic director and as a band that you really get excited about to take on this holiday music in a jazz way? And what can we expect with this year's program? Well, for me, it's a, for, and, and to your point, yeah, it, we did this, we started this concert, Home for the Holidays, and I didn't want to do it. And uh, our executive director at the time, Bob Brighthop, really pushed me because I'm like, man, corny Christmas show. <laughs> and, and what I realized is it's up to me not to make it corny. Right. It's up to me to not make it um, like, oh, that again. So one of the things we do, Zach, is we always try to make it different mm. and try to really change it up. Um, the very first year was tough for me because I had a lot of like chatter going in my head and a bunch of people said, now you know you can't do any religious songs. You can only do Frosty the Snowman and Jingle Bells. <laughs> I'm serious, like people were saying this. And so we had a, a couple Jewish board members and some other people, I said, um, hey, do, would you mind if we did Oh Holy Night, like would that offend you? And I would get this response, man, that's one of my favorite tunes. Yeah, and it's right. like I got a right. Jewish guy telling me this. I was like, really? Right. Oh, man, oh, holy night. Yeah, I love when they get to that high note. That you know? top like, note, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can do whatever I want. So right. we started doing that and like go tell it on the mountain. And, and we so it's no holds bars. But I also do like in mm. past years I've done that Jewish tune, Dreidel. And mm. so we cover all, you know, all, anything's fair game. Yeah. So. Including just the festivity of the season. You know, I mean, it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to be in Columbus. Columbus during that time of year not get excited of just about the aura around everything that's happening whether sure, it aligns yeah. with one or one or the other um, so what can we expect with this year's uh, give us a little little bit of a hint so a co couple things we have uh, uh, a great guest artist her name is Carly Thomas Smith and uh, she's a beautiful young lady and so I'll let you know that she's gonna do a song by Eartha Kitt and it's called Santa Baby mm. And I'm just gonna give you the lyrics because they are the lyrics, and I'll let the chips fall where they may. But Carly's <laughs> gonna say, "Come and trim my Christmas tree." Oh no! With some decorations bought from Tiffany, you know. <laughs> but when she says, "Come and trim my tris Christmas tree," a lot of guys, I'm gonna ask you to control yourself if you have bought your wife, brought your wife with right, you, right? Because, they, but the, no, it's a great song if you've heard Eartha Kid do it because of the, the lyrics are all double entendre, and you can sort of, you're, you're, she's singing one thing, but you're definitely thinking something else. Sure, of course, yeah. <laughs> Which is a fun thing about yeah. a Christmas show, but. She'll go from that to I'll be home for Christmas and things like that. Um, I think she's got an original song that she's going to oh, wow. uh, premiere, original holiday song. Our executive director, Press Southworth, has been pushing me. He says, you've got to tell Carly to do uh, Goldfinger. Uh -huh. And I was like, well, that's not a Christmas song. He's like, she's got to do Goldfinger. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I've been thinking, and I, I'm going to ask her because that'll be our Christmas present. Right. She, that's one she sings really well. So yeah, our Christmas does. present to you is she'll probably do. Nobody does it better in Goldfinger, and those wow. will be the only non non Chris 
non-Christmas or holiday songs. Which is a little bit of a tip of the hat to her other life. She's an actress. She's a movie actress and a uh, sort of Broadway actress. She's done that show Rent. And if you go look her up on YouTube, you can see she's done a a couple nice movies and Mm. things like that. Yeah, And her voice is is one that that she's been back with us a couple of times now. She has such a powerful voice that, that... I feel like such a wide range of audience can get behind her voice because she can sing in this really sort of contemporary mm-hmm. uh, uh, sort of pop yep. sensibility, but then she can just sing jazz. I know there's a there's a version of You'd Be So Nice to Come Home to Him that right. I've, I've heard her do. She, she sounds like Ella. Yeah, it's like, she can do that. Wow. Yeah. She's a great yeah. singer and a great, so we want, and I have to be honest, Carly is good to look at. <laughs> And I don't think she'd be offended if right. I told you I that. I don't think she would be. Um, so, and then I, I just wanted to let you know we have a guy that's not advertised as a guest, although I think we're uh, pushing for him to do it. So quickly, Bobby Floyd is going to be out with the Basie Band, mm. so he won't be at this concert. But this is a testament to what Jazz Arts Group is doing. So, our guest on piano is going to be uh, a Columbus Youth Jazz Orchestra alumnus. And he is only at this time, I think he's 18 or 19 yeah, years he, old. Yeah, he's not 20, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. And his name is Micah Thomas. And he's going to sit and play the piano chair. You know why? Not because he's young and not because he used to be with Columbus Youth Jazz Orchestra. is because he's one of the best in the country right yep. now. Uh, the week before, he will be with me, uh, playing with me as soloist, with me in, in the Atlanta Symphony. Wow. Um, and he's going to do that concert. He's done that with two other orchestras with me before. I heard this guy's like, he's as good as any pro. Mm. So I think we have something to be proud about at Jazz Arts Group and the Columbus Jazz Orchestra is that, you know, I have to tell you, he told me, I was like, how did, Micah, how, how did you learn to play like this? Was it from, from playing jazz in your school all the time? He said, actually, my only outlet for playing jazz was the Columbus Youth Jazz Orchestra. Right. right. We didn't really have a band where, I went to school, so I'd go home and I'd practice, and I'd every I'd look forward to Sunday afternoon rehearsals up at the Jazz Academy. That's where I got nourished with jazz, and it was that week between there I'd go practice it and listen to it and think about it and love it, and then I got to have my dream fulfilled by on Sundays uh, once a month uh, being on stage the same stage as the Columbus Jazz Orchestra. Think of, of the gift he gives us, but also we gave him with the ability. Now he gets to sit in that piano chair and deservedly so, because he is a professional right now. So I'm excited about the audience experience. Absolutely. That. And one of the amazing things, two amazing things about that is that the audience won't, if, if they had a blindfold on, they would hear this guy and think that he is, he's a, you know, yeah. Middle-aged, you know, well-seasoned virtuoso at the instrument. But the second thing is that what that's done. You know, Micah was in the band forever, and got that opportunity to interface with so many musicians, and then that got him up to New York and got the exposure that that sort of helped him, uh, you know, continue to grow. But it's also allowed our younger students to see that and to follow that same path. So we have thing. this young pianist, Abik Mazumder, uh, who is has already won classical piano awards, starting to win jazz awards. And he is referenced, you know, being able to see this happen before his eyes as a younger student and sort of follow that same path. So it really kind of creates this this uh, cycle. That oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can really not only see, uh, go through it yourself, but then the people that see you as, as an upperclassman do that really helps to fulfill our mission in that way too. Well, that's just something that Jazz Arts Group and the community, the Columbus community should be so proud yeah. that we're able to produce people like that. Not only those type of people, but I think the character that 
playing music and playing jazz builds and all these people that mm. come and they practice. One of my uh, former babysitters was Michalia Delaveris, and she played trumpet. And she used to come over, she'd uh, babysit my kids. She goes, can I have a trumpet lesson? <laughs> so I'd give her a trumpet lesson. Right. You know what? She carries that with her today. Mm -hmm. It's in her soul music, and it's a part of her life. And essentially, those people that carry music with them like that and that love it like that and carry that love, somebody like her will tell you, and I'll tell you now, when you need to feel good, self-medicate with music. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't need Oxycontin. I don't need volume. Volume? Volume. I need volume sometimes. <laughs> I don't need volume. I don't need, what's those other ones that they take? Right. You know, you know right. all those drugs. Like Xanax. Xanax. I don't need this, all that. Yeah. When I get a little anxiety, I put on Cannonball Adley with strength. Oh, man. Clifford yeah. with strength. Right. You know, and then that cools me out. You learn that. You learn that the gift of what music gives you, and that's what we're giving these young people right. when we educate them. They they learn discipline. Mm. When I was a kid, they used to say, oh, you got to go to football field and learn right. discipline and right. play sports. Man, there's nothing like having that trumpet kick your behind because right. you didn't practice that thing that you're supposed to play in jazz band. Mm. And that director gets on you you're like, man, I got to discipline myself. And then that carries over through every aspect of your yeah. life. So, and that's why we're just as happy to see students uh, that graduate from our program that don't go into music. You know, you've got students. I know there was a student uh, that was in the, the Youth Jazz Orchestra maybe in the mid-2000s, like 2007 or something, uh, presented his prototype for a prosthetic to President Obama. A couple years back, you know, it, it's just as amazing when we see that because we know that somewhere in the values that they have, you know, about their life, music has been a core part of that. And Absolutely. it's going to inform whether you go into engineering or science or politics or whatever it might be. There's something that happened to you during your time with us that's going to carry yeah. you farther. I, I mean, Michalia, yeah. who I was telling you about, she's a lawyer now. Right. You know, and a great one at, yeah. a, at a nice firm right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So to kind of put a wrap on the holiday component of this conversation, um, every jazz musician, every popular jazz, most popular jazz musicians have put out a holiday album. And it's something that, you know, it feels like a lot of people do. What's your favorite holiday jazz album? Well, there's um, really two. Um, first one I'd mention is, believe it or not, I have very few sort of uh, uh, recent big band albums I like. Mm. But there's actually a big band record by a guy named Tom Kubis. Oh. He's an L.A. guy. And we're actually going to play one of his charts on it. And on there, um, Jack Sheldon sings. And uh, he sings a couple holiday songs, but he, he sings an original song about... <laughs> I can't even quote the words, so I can't remember, but it's just a funny story about how we as jazz musicians play all these gigs and they give you sandwiches. We call them bandwiches, band, right. band sandwiches backstage, and people are talking while you play. And that's kind of a fun one, but I listen to that every holiday season because it's joyous big band music, and then you've got Jack Sheldon sort of uh, messing with you in, in a humorous way. Wow. And then my all-time favorite Christmas album is, of course, the Nat King Cole Christmas mm -hmm. album. And uh, there he sings the Mel Torme classic, uh, the Christmas song, or some people call chestnuts roasting on an open fire. And I heard that when I was a kid, and it speaks to how music can anchor you in your life. The moment I hear that, I see my mother, I see my father, I see the food wow. that they cooked. Uh, those feelings and thoughts immediately come back to me. Yep. 
And I think that music, and that's what I hope people get from our concert, they'll hear it and it'll sort of bring back a rush of memories, but it will also bring up some new things, new experiences, new magic moments. You know, hopefully we'll play, I think we're probably gonna close with like Deck the Halls and we'll try to do that real well for you and might even have some dancers come out and Uh dance on the end for that. But that'll be a magic moment for you and you can look back as part of your life and say, man, God, I felt so good. We saw this holiday concert, and we, they played Joy to the World, and they play, and they jazzed it up. It right, wasn't right. just, you know. So that that's our goal, and that goes back to your thing about, you know, some people said, oh, that New Orleans concert was the best concert. Well, I want this holiday concert to be the best one right. that you've ever seen. Yeah. And when we do our Ella show in February, I want you to say, that's the best thing I've ever And then when we do our big band show with Lionel Hampton and Cap Calloway music and stuff, I want that. <laughs> so right, right. They all have to be. Otherwise, you guys wouldn't come back. Well, and I think that that's something that in the Columbus arts world, that's what pushes this whole thing forward is that anything you go to, you know that that whether you're talking about Shadow Box or the ballet, the opera, the Columbus Jazz Orchestra, each show is trying to outdo the previous, yeah. which is I think puts the audience in on the edge of their seat, wondering what's going to happen next. And I mean, I've seen that whenever I've gone to other events, and also the the Columbus Jazz Orchestra, you don't know what to expect, and you yeah. know it's going to be something that's extremely high level because of that intensity. Like right. we're trying yeah. to outdo ourselves. Yep. Which is you really have great. to. That's yep. the only way we survive. It's just like any honestly, like any other business. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A little sidebar about uh, Christmas music or holiday music. Uh, I was playing with a country band when I was in college and we were doing every weekend playing covered songs at like Eagles Lodges and Amvets Lodges all over Ohio. And I'd done this for like a year and starting to get a little worn out on the same songs. They were waking me up in the middle of the night, you know, thinking I was on the gig in my pajamas and things like that. And that's when I found uh, the Oscar Peterson Christmas record. And I'll tell you what, that year of, uh, or that season of driving around Ohio playing those gigs late at night and coming home late, that record pretty much saved me. (laughs) Okay. So I got to be honest, I don't know the record, so I'm going to check it out. It's on Telarc. It's one of his. uh, So that's a later record. It's a later record and actually features Jack Shantz, trumpeter from Cleveland, has, uh, appears on three or four tracks on that. See, Jack never told yeah, me that. You would never know it, but Jack Shantz is the—he plays a lot of flugelhorn on several of the. I bet you it's the, killing. Oh my God, it's all really, really good. Check that out, Oscar Peterson. Yeah, what are some of the songs? Um, uh, Away in a Manger, they do. Um, yeah. God rest you, merry gentlemen, they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, uh, Let it snow. There's a really cute arrangement mm-hmm. of Let it do you snow. Remember the rhythm there. section? Uh, I think Lewis Nash is playing drums. Yeah, he did this tell once, yeah. On that, I'm not sure who the rest of the rhythm section is, though. So when Oscar Peterson called up Lewis Nash to play with him, yeah, Lewis called him back and said, "Hey, Mr. Peterson, thank you for calling. Me. I think you're confusing me with Lewis Hayes." Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> because Lewis Hayes did play in his trio there in right. the '70s. He goes, "No, I called you. I want because Lewis couldn't believe he got a yeah. call from Oscar Peterson." Yeah, yeah. So check that one out if you haven't. Um, so Home for the Holidays is going to be awesome uh, as usual, and then we'll go into one yet one more show before the end of the year. And we've done this a couple times, and we're we'll bringing it back. Uh, the Swinging in the New Year show, which is a chance for the, the Columbus audience. Uh, every so often you get to see Byron lead a small group in, in, a, in a classic quartet setting. You call the tunes, plan extended trumpet solos. Um, and this is sort of our holiday offering. Uh, you know, Everybody's going to be sitting around the Christmas tree after Christmas, uh, getting tired of each other's family members and want something to do. So this is going to be the, I think, the Wednesday right after Thursday, right after Christmas. Yeah, right. Um, tell us a little bit about, about that and a little bit about your small group, uh, your passion for that music and what you try to do when you lead a group yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, so 
uh, first of all, I love that event because that is that time between, between Christmas and New Year's. It's right after Christmas, mm. right before New Year. And there's sort of a lull in right. energy. Right. And that's why we want you to come to this concert because we're there to pick up your energy and take you away from those relatives that you've gotten sick <laughs> of between that period. <laughs> well, I'm being honest. Right, right. There, there's, a, there's Unky Puku and who, uh, whatever you call your uncle. Wee <laughs> <Yeah>. Wee <laughs> and Ching yeah. Ching right, and then right. all your little, oh, anyway, you get all those people that you're tired of um, and you, ha you have a chance to go to hear some great music. So um, that's why we created that event. In regard to small group jazz, that, I mean, that's kind of like all of our base mm. and so for me, my trumpet player, some of my favorite trumpet players besides Louis Armstrong would be Roy Aldridge and Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Clifford Brown, Miles Davis, and, Ken and Kenny Dorham. In fact, we play a bunch of little Kenny Dorham things mm. in our in our small group. We just recorded an album. Really? We actually recorded it here in, in Columbus, and I had Joel Moss that's done the CGO albums uh, produce it. He's a Grammy award-winning producer. Gonna go mix it in next week, I think. Wow! Um, but it won't be ready in time for this ah. concert unless somebody would like to send me a donation. Call me at one eight hundred I eight one U eight one two. And that's a good one. <laughs> Give them your PayPal email address <laughs> or something. Like that. <laughs> no, just, that's just kidding. But we're, we're, it's going to be out soon. The small group setting for jazz is really the ultimate setting because, to your point, it's where you guys really get to stretch out. It's one reason we do our jam sessions. Um, it's been Friday at the CJO after our concerts is because in a big band setting, a guy gets one course, two courses, and he's done. Mm -hmm. And the audience, you know, never gets. And it's why it's never not really a focus on me. It's a focus on guys that you don't get to hear them really stretch out. You right. know, um, so that's what my small group is for. We have great members. Uh, we have Larry Cook on bass, who's actually a Columbus, uh, former Columbus guy who just ran the New York Marathon a couple couple Holy nights ago. Uh, we had uh, we have Bobby Floyd, who we all know and love. Uh, we have Rich Thompson, and we have myself. The great commonality of all those things, except for Larry, is all of us worked with uh, Count Basie, or oh, the Count Basie right, band. Right. So what we're going to do is take. Uh, for the last part of that concert, like the second half, we're going to put together a community band. And right. anybody can be in this band. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is sign sign right. up right. when you're in. And I love working with groups like that because it's not about, let's hear you play your scales. It's just like, bring your horn and we're going to like make music together. It's right. really a community band. Mm -hmm. So those guys will come and we're going to rehearse you know, a couple times, and certainly the day before the concert, we're going to rehearse all day. Right. It's going to be total immersion. Cool. And we'll just hash through about three basic charts, and you'll be able to, to be tutored and mentored by, uh, you know, a group of guys that actually were in the Count Basie band to play that style. Then we're going to have, uh, maybe we'll probably play, uh, have people back up, uh, the whole band back up, Bobby Floyd on Amazing Grace, which will be pretty incredible wow. for everybody. And maybe we'll end up with the Saints uh, and, and get everybody to play a little bit of Saints Go Marching In. So that's an experience for those people. It's something that the audience will experience for the first half. Be Byron Stripling Quartet playing mm -hmm. all kind of crazy stuff. And then second half they'll get to experience, you know, the community band. It's almost like the Harmony Project for big band. Right, you know? right. So it'll be yep. really cool. So that will be, just wanted to make sure I had the date. I think it's the 29th. Yep, Thursday the 29th. Yeah. Of and that'll be at the Lincoln Theater. Yes. Right here yes. uh, where our office is and where our Jazz Academy is located. And, you know, the thing about that one that's so fun is that is that there's a real 
positive energy. You know, you've come off the holidays. You know, it seems like everybody's looking for just a little something to kickstart them into the into the new year. Yeah. And I know that's yeah. you know it's maybe cliche, but it definitely has that atmosphere. So if you're out there looking for something to do, I would definitely recommend. Well, you know what else is good about that? You get away from the table and the yeah, food. That's right. Because if you're like me. <laughs> You know, you just when when you know holidays, you uh, you say, "Well, I'm definitely going to gain five pounds." Right. You know, so you get away from that, and honestly, you get away from the TV and from your internet. Right. And you actually get the there's something special, Zach, about a concert experience when you're away from your phone and all that stuff, and you're just interacting. It's mm. from the audience to the musicians and the people on stage. Yep. And that back and forth that occurs, and it's happening less and less. But I just want to offer to people, it's like a chance to get into another zone in your head. And if we do our job, and, and, and I promise you we'll give you our best, uh, I think you'll leave with a good feeling after that. And it's a perfect way to start sort of reminisce about the past year to be- begin your new year with a bang. Absolutely. And, and if and if you're anything like me, when you go back home or you go wherever you go for the holidays, there's this like perpetual buffet thing where it's like <laughs> on the counter is a plate of whatever. It could be four days old now, but it's there. And you just sort of set up, a like perch yourself by it. Yeah. Like, it's like you don't realize how much you're eating in the it's matter true, of a week. Man. Um, well, I can't wait for this stretch uh, of, of shows and, and events. That's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. And, and the weather hasn't even really changed yet. That's what's bizarre is that it's almost Thanksgiving and all these all right. these uh, events. Mother Nature has a thing for us. It'll, it'll happen. It'll yeah. just be cold one day and That's we'll right. all freak. That's right. Well, give me, give me your 20-second uh, 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 view of the rest of the season and just give me your, your hopes for the, for, the, for the new year. As we look ahead, once we round this corner, what, what are we in for? With- so, you know, I mentioned we're going to do this Ella Fitzgerald tribute. Ella Fitzgerald would have been 100 years old in 2017. Mm. So we're really going to begin 2017 season with that. Um, and we're excited to have Marva Hicks and Nikki Parab. You need two vocalists to do what Ella did as one lady. So we're excited about that, and we know that people, I've been doing a, a similar show around the country, and people have been going crazy over it. I was just in Jacksonville, Florida, and we did did three shows there, uh, and, and people really love it. I'm excited about that one. Then we're going to a show we called uh, uh, Cab Calloway, Lionel Hampton, and the Big Band Explosion. Wow. And there's, you know, there's that period when big bands in the 40s were, they were really the king. Right. And you had people like Harry James, Benny Goodman, and Duke Ellington Band really turning people out. There was a guy I met years ago in Germany. He said, you know, I was in the war. And he kind of looked at me like, the war. <laughs> he says, and I came out and I heard Glenn Miller playing In the Mood. And he says, I was real depressed and I lost a lot of my family. And I heard in the mood. This was a touching story. The guy started crying. He said, I said, if he said, if music can be this great, then life must be worth living. Right. Wow. That's the power of what big bands did to people during that era. Yep. You know, because that music hypnotized people. So we're gonna capture some of the spirit of the big band era. Look at what Cab Calloway was doing. Look what what uh, uh, Lionel Hampton was doing. We have a great vibraphonist named Warren Wolf uh, who will be joining us. Just come, just trust me on this. He's yeah. amazing. Harry Allen will be on sax. 
another one. Just come experience some new musicians. No vocals on this concert. Maybe I'll sing a Cab Calloway too. There we go. We got to hear a little of that. You'll hear a Heidi Ho, a little bit of that. (laughs) But now, do you take some of these uh, soloists into the schools? Yeah. So everyone, this is actually, I'm glad you brought that up. So this is the first season that every Columbus Jazz Orchestra performance has at least one of the guest artists doing two different school visits while they're here. So for this last show, we had Jamison Ross, and we went to uh, Fort Hayes High School. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, that one in particular was really cool. J- uh, Jamison uh, had such a wonderful way of connecting. Did uh, he play or sing? He for them? played, and then he even did this crazy thing where he he played a little drum roll, a little geeky drum thing called a five stroke roll on a on a, a stool for five minutes. Set a, set a, a, an alarm clock because he wanted the students to feel what it feels like to to only focus on one thing for a literal five minutes and it, it was kind of people were laughing at the beginning but by, by the middle of this they were like entranced in his little five stroke roll exercise yeah. so but not only that he talked about the industry and he talked about you know uh, his decision to go into music school and all everything that is so relevant to, to young people musicians or not really um, but every show that we do this year uh, we're going to take we're going to take Carly into a couple schools in December and then from there on out we're going to take all the all the artists into schools we're doing that with our Jag Presents series the smaller group shows and so yeah we're really fortunate we've got uh, state auto insurance on, on yeah. as, as the the sponsor uh, helping us get these artists out into the schools and make a difference that well, way well I think it's it's good to people know that because you not only get to our audience not only gets to experience the the power of these great guest artists but kids can 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 see people that are actively engaged in a career in music, and they get what music can do for you. Again, not only just as if you want to do it as a career, but the power of music to change people's yep. lives. Yep. You know? And one one little uh, uh, secret uh, addition to that is going to be Aldo. We're going to take him into two schools while he's here next week, so we can't wait to uh, you know show the students somebody that is a classically and jazz trained. Uh, Cuban pianist has, has got so much to it that I think can inspire our students. Oh, they're going to love him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, thanks for taking the time with us. This has been great talking to you, and we can't wait for this uh, this stretch of amazing concerts and then what we have in store for us in 2017. We look forward to it, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Byron. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Jazz Scene. We want to hear your feedback. Visit our website, www.jazzartsgroup.org slash thejazzscene, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us your review. Thanks to our recording engineer, Nick Fields. The theme music is by Michael Cox, and funding for The Jazz Scene is provided by the Jazz Arts Group of Columbus. I'm Zach Comston, and we hope you catch our next episode of The Jazz Scene.